0: You're listening to the Driven by Design Now Awards podcast. I'm Mark Bergen, the founder of Driven by Design, and joining me is Kirsten Mann.
1: Hey, Mark, how are you? Look,
0: Kirsten, I'm fantastic. Um, Listeners, we're both sitting here in New York in a hotel lobby. We happened to have crashed into the same town, and we thought, why don't we go get a podcast out?
1: So if there's a bit of background noise and ambient music, that's what's going on.
0: I know, and I think um, you know. we know that we're breaking every podcast rule by not being in a quiet room, but it's New York. Let's go for it.
1: Well, we have got some fantastic awards to discuss, so why don't we kick straight into it?
0: Sure. So, let's go. Our first project here is ARA, uh, which is, uh, we've seen a similar project to this before. Um,
1: Be My Eyes, was
0: it? Yeah, Be My Eyes, which was the idea of crowdsourcing the cameras out of smartphones to go help people with the vision impairment. So but
1: basically you can have your phone, you, if you had a vision impairment, but you had an iPhone, you could get people to help you um, basically guide and do different tasks.
0: And I think what we're seeing here with our project is that they've turned around and said well let's make sure we've got subject matter experts who are sitting on the end of end of the service and we will also use some dedicated hardware, which many people will be familiar with, uh, Google Glass. Mm-hmm. And this is the idea that you you've actually got in field of view a projection of who are you talking to, some text that might go to support, so that you don't continually have to look down at your phone, you can still keep looking forward at whatever the task is that you're doing.
1: So what we're seeing here with this project, and it's kind of the theme that we're going to be speaking about today and something I'm very passionate about, is V2 of a concept. Now, it it hasn't been done by the same company who did Be My Eyes, but what they've done is actually said, okay, there's a really good concept there, how do we then take that to the next level?
0: Yeah, and... And actually working out whether it's your product or you think that there's actually marketplace evolution in there, it's really important to say, how can we actually go build upon something rather than always just building new? And I think if we think about product management, that's really what the area of product management is about, which is taking something that exists and then building on and building on and building on. So it was really great that we've got five projects, which are examples of that.
1: Yeah, and I think this is a fantastic example of – actually, you think – it's not something that you'd think about for vision impaired, having something that's the equivalent next generation of Google Glass, in a sense, but – What they've done is basically say, okay, if you want somebody to have the perspective of somebody's eyes, they kind of need to be at that level and be doing different things and not have to hold a phone and be all awkward with that.
0: What I think this also shows is that the first project of Be My Eyes had a really good market proposition. Mm. There must be need out there. And uh, if you think of this as far as helping people who are doing infield service, and as we saw with when ramps were put into buildings that it was often it was the courier driver that used the ramp, not somebody in a wheelchair. I could see this also being used by engineers who were trying to go and diagnose a machine or a lower-skilled field staff member who then had an expert field staff member in a call centre or support centre. So, you know, there's a long way for these adaptive technologies to go, but it's great to go see. This is version two. No doubt we'll see version three and version four in a competitive marketplace. Well,
1: something else that's kind of version two, but not necessarily by the same company, is it probably by livery or livery, is it, I think? Well, I I think it's a play on delivery. Yeah, I think
0: livery, livery. I think it's tomato, tomato in there, but uh, livery solutions. We are in the States, after all. Exactly, but uh, this this takes uh, the... Uh, the lead from re- reusable packaging systems that have been in uh, the commercial or wholesale um, channel for quite some time and is applying it particularly into food delivery services that are out there and food delivery services are very interesting because anybody who's using them you wind up with a lot of single use packaging.
1: And waste like it's it's very wasteful. The
0: guys at, uh, guys and gals at Lavery have turned around and said well let's go see if we can make a, a reusable packaging system and because we've got a return cycle that we're delivering next week, we've got actually pick up.
1: Well, that's kind of clever in itself, right, because it makes customers think you've, you've kind of locked them in, in this kind of cycle of, okay, next time I'm not only getting the food, but I'm actually helping the environment by giving you back this packaging to reuse and on it goes.
0: So, I think what we're likely to see here is that the outer package has now actually become a reusable package, and we're going to see those projects that uh, the likes of PepsiCo and Unilever are doing, which is how do you go use reusable packaging for ice cream and other products and it we might even find that it gets back to the indian model what are they teffin uh, containers those little um steel containers oh, yeah, yeah. and i think we've seen them you know that you have them when you're camping i'm expecting we're going to go see something like every turnaround and then extend that the inner packaging is also reusable rather than actually being disposable and if we get to that point then we've cut out a huge amount of single-use package in cardboard, in in foils. It's going to be a fantastic step to go and get into a better future for us. Well,
1: something going to our next project, which is a bit different again. Now, this is the IKEA planning studio. And what I love about this is IKEA, in terms of their products, are very innovative. Like They're always coming out with different ranges and things and, and solving different needs and problems. But what they've done is actually do that now to their environment and the space that they um, sell their products. Now, this proposition is going to be music to all men's ears who have had to go into an IKEA store and endure the various tasks that is getting out of the IKEA store, right? Look,
0: I... I... I must say, I'm a little surprised, there, Kirsten, <laughs> that you've done all men's needs.
1: It, look, I don't see a lot of females looking tortured in IKEA. It's usually the guys who are trying to find the hot dogs. Okay, so there's obviously
0: <laughs> listeners and observation point there. Kirsten's got some some unique insights there. That but I-,
1: I mean, what they've done is they're really bringing products to customers in more accessible and personalised ways, aren't they?
0: Yeah, we have got that IKEA are working out how to push forward. And in by doing that, they're saying, let's go look and reimagine our model. When we've got great digital assets in place, do we have to have the same warehouse experience to go give people an in-real-life experience? Or can we have actually a mixture of digital planning tools and some uh, more dense in real life experiences, and combine them together, and then wind up giving the customers what they want, where they want. I think this is a very interesting, you know, step to think about what all retail is likely to become, which is far denser experiences in a higher distributed environment. So the frequency of running into the stores is greater, but maybe the size is on a smaller scale, and it's more of a consultation centre rather than just a warehouse and display centre.
1: Ultimately, they're really meeting customers where the need is, and that's what, what that's what's fantastic. They're saying, okay, not everybody is going to get out to these massive urban stores, and out, like out in the, they're usually out in other, outer suburbs. How do we bring this to our customers? How do they experience this in urban locations? So I think it's a really interesting innovation for them, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes.
0: So our next project that we're going to step over to, Kirsten, now is to do with uh, rewilding our planet. And this, this is almost, you feel like you've got the who's who of wildlife conservation That's education a, 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 here. Yeah,
1: when I saw the list of collaborators on this, I was like, how the person who managed to pull off this collaboration is amazing because they've got Netflix, they've got Google. World,
0: Wa- World Wildlife Foundation.
1: Art Science Museum.
0: At the Marina Bay Sands. Arup. Uh, Arup. Now, I'm going to go Arup, but we've spoken about that before, haven't we? And uh, then we've also got Fourier in there.
1: Like, this is the horsepower, right, behind design and, and digital. There's just so many players. But, okay, so what is this all about?
0: Well, I think if we go and look at it, the Rewild Our Planet is telling a very similar story that's been told many times before. David Attenborough is involved with this as part of the narration, and we know that David Attenborough for a long time has been trying to tell us that we have to care about the planet but they're trying to bring a more immersive experience by using some augmented reality devices and also bringing a shared experience that people are involved in re or repopulating wild environments that have been decimated through the, through the interactions of men. And I think it's a beautiful example of how do you give people a tech moment that actually allows them to feel that they're engaging with the latest technologies. It's got great content behind it, and it's giving them a way to understand a message which is very important in a new way. But I think the point that you brought up as we were doing a pre-discussion, Kirsten, was is this a sugar hit moment or is this actually something which is going to be enduring?
1: Yeah, I think, as you said, this, this concept's been done a number of ways in different um, different mediums and this is obviously a new application of the technology. But what I'm interested in is what's what's V3 of this? Like, how do they follow up this experience? So you, you kind of get, you say, okay, I've got to do something about this, so this is a real problem. How do they keep people thinking about it versus them just experiencing it in this medium.
0: And I suppose that's a dilemma of people who are doing pop-ups and activations, mm. which is, are you doing something which is a single-moment experience, the sugar hit, as, yep. as you'd coined it, or is it something which is part of a longer journey and that they've worked out how to have a sustainable actionable communication for people. And that's gonna be really interesting, as you said. So why don't we go across to our final project for this month?
1: And this was a really exciting one. This is and they're all exciting, but obviously the Xbox Adaptive Control. Now I heard about this for a while actually, so it was fantastic to see this coming through our awards program. And Really, you kind of – when you think about game controls, you think that that they've kind of nailed it, right? But these guys obviously realised there was a huge market that was still missing out.
0: And I think, you know, as we saw with – when we were talking about – you know, some of the other projects, they're trying to work out how to expand their market. Mm -hmm. And uh, game controllers can be something which uh, not everybody actually likes the shape of them. Some people actually just don't have some of the body parts to go operate a normal game controller. And what the team at Xbox have done here is worked out how to give a toolkit That can take people of varying abilities, whether that's motor control abilities, or it may be that they don't have some of the activating devices as fingers and thumbs, so that they've got foot pedals, they've got elbow pad pedals, they've got these big, almost look like drum pad pedals uh, that are in here. A
1: full range of adaptive devices. Full range of ways
0: for people to go and actually modify their game controller, map their game controller so that they can actually kick ass, I think is the technical term, (laughs) with with the People who have the the full body of digits on their hand.
1: Yeah, I mean it's quite extraordinary. And to invest in this and realise that not just for gaming, this will have a broad range. Like people, this will enable people to use programs in different ways that they haven't been able to before or were prohibited from. So this is our project of the month. It
0: certainly is. And uh, and you know I think here's um, five amazing projects here that get into this theme that we wanted to go talk about, which was how do we go and actually rework a current situation and understand how to use design to make it better? And, you know, there's a phenomenal... Other 20 projects that have been awarded silver, these five gold winning projects, are are simply awesome. Please take a look at all of them that are online. And we hope that it gives you a way to understand and keep up to date with how fast design is influencing what's happening in our world.
1: Well, and it's all about ultimately
0: having new tools and methods to extend experiences, which is fantastic to see. And. Listeners, please send us some feedback. I know we've got a little bit of ambient noise here, but I think it was far better that Kirsten and I managed to go do this rather than one of us just anchoring it because you're getting two great minds who are being able to help you out. But we do want your feedback. We do want to understand we are a human-centred design organisation. So let us know what you think. Um, But we're about to go out and have a look at some of the rest of what's happening in New York. There's an absolute buzz here. NYC by Design kicks off at the end of this week so I've got a lot of pre-meetings that are taking place for that listeners no doubt will have something to tell you about that But we're also recording a whole new podcast series while we're here in New York, aren't we? Well,
1: Design in the Boardroom, it's
0: come to New York. It is, and uh, listeners will be making sure you've got some links there. Design the Boardroom, it's a new series that we've got. We're looking at projects here in the NOW Awards, but Design the Boardroom looks at how boards leveraging design to go help them achieve their goals in an accelerated manner using human-centered design. I'm Mark Bergen, founder of Driven by Design. You've been listening to Mark and Kirsten Mann from Oracle. Thanks
1: for having me, Mark.
0: Thank you.